This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, the world is a crazy place, and if you're not aware of your surroundings, you're in danger. So how better to know what's going on in the world around you by spending a little time with us, the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro. We're going to navigate the world together. My co-host right here, he's kind of a know-it-all, but I say that in the most complimentary way. It's Chris Sinzak. How you doing, brother? Good. I guess that makes us the Lewis and Clark of rock podcasting. That's right. Out there on the frontiers, chopping our way through with machetes, only picking out the most quality stories about rock and metal for you to help you make your way through the world as well. It's perfect. Did Lewis and Clark have machetes? I'm sure they did. I know they probably had flying V's and Marshall stacks. Well, that goes without saying. Yeah. All right. So what kind of news stories you got lined up for us this time? We've got some ridiculous stuff to talk about this week. <laughs> so, um, As we always do. <laughs> yeah, we always do. Uh, this one, this this week might be a record. Um, first show, well, Aerosmith, you know, announced their big tour with the Black Crows, their peace out farewell tour, if you believe that. Yeah, we talked about that. Well, <laughs> this story came out on Metal Injection. Uh, they... They are charging $400 if you want to sit on a bar stool in the very back section uh, that's almost behind the stage at one of the shows. So you can't even see the band? Pretty much. You're down on a bar stool behind the crowd off to the side. You can hear it mm-hmm. for $400. Yeah, a uh, Twitter username at RyanConnell5150 wrote alongside a screenshot this is fucking ridiculous aerosmith is charging 400 dollars plus fees to sit on a fucking bar stool in the very back of a section that's almost behind the stage and they put a screenshot of it and uh yeah it looks like uh the, about the worst seat you could possibly have but it's only 400 dollars. wow what the fuck Whew, this is one of them things if it's really not the farewell tour and you're charging that much for tickets there's going to be hell to pay. Yeah. If you go, hey, everybody loved us last time we were out. We're doing it again, like so many bands do. You know, please, they said, please don't retire. So we're coming back. But if you're charging that much for tickets, that's insane. But I mean, fuck, that's how much tickets are. It's becoming normal. Yeah, it's been completely normalized to pay these types of prices. I did, and I, I don't get it. And I, at this point, with a lot of the heritage acts that we all saw back in the day, it's like. 
it's like the law of diminishing returns at this point. Because when I think about this, I wouldn't mind seeing the Black Crows, but I'm sure they're going to do more touring on their own, and it'll be way cheaper. Um, but Aerosmith, I mean, I saw Aerosmith in the 90s when they still had a lot of fire to them. And do I really need to see them again? I don't, I mean, well, I enjoyed what I saw then, but like, I don't really want to see them now. In a perfect world, they would have been charging 400 bucks for a bar seat back in the 70s. I'd say, hey, you're going to have to pay a lot of money to see us right now in our prime. You know, and then now nowadays, when they're all very, very elderly, they should be charging next to nothing to come see them. You know, it doesn't make sense. Like, I would pay a lot more to jump in a time machine and go back to the 70s and see Aerosmith than I would go want to see them now. Same with Kiss and so many others. Well, and, and there's no Joey Kramer on this tour either. Yeah, you were telling me about that. That sucks. So it's like, why why bother? I mean, I, I don't see it. If you want to, if, you know, those of you listening, if you want to go see them, great, have fun. But uh, to me yeah. personally, I just don't see the attraction here. Oh, man. Well, you always go see a band at a club nearby and not pay $400 for a bar seat. Yeah, and um, to move on to another crazy story, I think you added this one, uh, or maybe I did. Elvis Presley's stepbrother recently revealed that uh, Elvis did have thoughts on Kiss. Did you see this? I sure did, man. That is so cool. I always wondered, like, what do the guys that have been around doing it for a long time think about Kiss when Kiss shows up on the scene? And at the time, there's never been anybody like Kiss. You know, what is a guy like Elvis or Frank Sinatra or the Beatles? What are those guys? What do these people think about Kiss when that's the new hot thing? Well, this story came out and he told that Elvis actually had thoughts on Kiss and he thought they were cool. Yeah, it was... Um Story. It was a guy named Billy Stanley who was Elvis's stepbrother. He went on Artists on Record, which is Stefan Adika's YouTube show, and um, you know he kind of he lived in Graceland for a while. And in 1975, he had seen a Kiss show, bought the Alive album, and then played. He was playing it in the basement at Graceland. He says, "I got it cranked up playing air guitar." Elvis comes down and says, "What are you listening to?" It's a band called Kiss, and I showed him the album cover, and he said, "Uh, okay." He sat down on the couch looking at it, and he said, okay, I get it. He said, so play that song again that you was just playing. It was Let Me Go Rock and Roll. I played it. I actually played it two times for him, and I was surprised when he said, play it again, and I played it again. I said, what do you think? He said, well, I understand the whole thing. You know, Kiss, keep it simple, stupid, and they got the makeup so they can walk around when they get off the stage. Nobody sees them, knows who they are, or anything like that. He said, good idea. And then one other thing he said was, he said, um, When Billy asked what he thought of the track, he said, Billy, listen to it. All of it is a 50s groove, but that guitar player, and then Billy said, that's Ace Fraley. He said, that guy's got some X-rated guitar licks. I really like him. Fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. And, you know, think about Elvis. You know, he's so famous, he can't go anywhere. So even if that wasn't even a consideration for Kiss at the beginning, hey, someday when we are famous, we'll be able to walk around in public. That's like the first thing Elvis zeroes in on is like, man, why didn't I think of that? Because you got to think of the life he leads at that time. He can't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's uh, that's wild to think of Elvis listening to Alive. But I mean, I mean, I'm sure he had to have been aware of him at the time. I'm sure the Beatles guys were aware of him. Oh yeah, everybody. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, what did the Beatles, what did the Stones think of Kiss? What did Sinatra, what did, you know, there's so many people that were so well-known at that time that it already, you know, were huge stars. When Kiss shows up, they got to be thinking like, what the hell is this? You know, it's insane. It's pretty wild. And you think about what Elvis says too, he's spot on, especially with that song, Let Me Go Rock and Roll. That's total Chuck Berry on steroids. Well, it kind of reminds me of my dad because years ago, do you remember that uh, Kiss bootleg VHS? It was called uh, A Visual Evolution. Yeah. So I used to watch that at my house all the time. And my dad walked in one day and he was like, oh, I'll sit down and watch some of this. and Because he hadn't really given them a real shot at listening to them. And it was uh, the during the part of the uh, ABC in concert. And they're playing like uh, Fire, not Firehouse, maybe Firehouse or Nothing to Lose. I can't remember. But they're doing some of the high harmony stuff that they would do and uh or no it was firehouse from mike douglas show with the whole yeah and and he said something similar he's like it's kind of you know 50s rock but also with beetle harmonies he's like it's like beetles cranked up and i was like that's what they were going for pretty cool pretty cool makes me want to look up if like there's anywhere out there with paul mccartney's thoughts on kiss well, I think Peter Chris claimed in his autobiography that Paul McCartney saved him from drowning on a beach. Wow. Yeah. That's a trip. I don't remember that. I'll have to check that out. That's wild. Now, whether it's true or not is another story. Yeah. We'll see. And even Gene Simmons had reached out to Paul McCartney and John Lennon and tried to get them to appear on his solo album, I know. Yeah, and they said no. They said no. <laughs> <laughs> but surely they were aware of who he was. Yeah. Pretty cool, man. I love that story. Yeah, another um, interesting story that came out this week uh, on Let There Be Talk, Dean Del Rey's podcast. He had Jason Newstead on, and uh, it's a great interview if you haven't checked it out. It's really good. But said that he's looking at, he's doing like a a one off show in Fort Lauderdale for charity soon, and it's going to be the Newstead band that he had a few years ago. And Dean asked him, you know, is that going to spur you into doing more with that that project? And he said it'll be up to whether he gets the buzz off doing this one show or not. But he says he's got even more songs written to do another one of those albums. So that could be coming back. That's pretty cool. I mean, because what else is he doing? He doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> he's got money to live for the rest of his life. But I know. We talk about this all the time. But, you know the artist in you you think you know like he says if he's got the songs he's still writing yeah he's it's not performing nothing it'd be cool to have that come back he said he's got some new songs that they're going to play at this show and it's kind of motorhead flavored like you know really really fast stuff i dig that yeah bring it on jason newstead i hope your uh concert goes good fort lauderdale's awesome it is um i thought this was an interesting story um about the increase in people that have gone to concerts in the first quarter of 2023. So maybe things are getting a little bit more back to number. It says uh, Live Nation reported that as of March 31st, they have topped $3.1 billion in concert revenue, which means that should account for about five shows with today's ticket. <laughs> five Aerosmith shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many bar stools sold to get that number? But uh, says that it, it, you know, these numbers prove that the live concert con- live concerts are back bigger than ever. Um, and of course, the prices are insane, but uh, that's a good sign overall, I would say. 
Well, when there's only so many bands out there doing these big giant shows, you know, people are going to go to it, you know, and you're going to pay extra money, especially you think about the last few years, especially during the pandemic era, when all anybody could do is miss live concerts. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I have a question for you, Aaron. Uh-huh. Can you tell the difference between an Iron Maiden branded piece of merchandise and an undergarment from a company called Maidenware? Hmm, I bet I probably could. So according to a report by Complete Music Update, Iron Maiden is attempting to stop a person named Min Yu Chin from trademarking the brand name Maidenware to sell abdominal corsets, shapewear, bras, lingerie, and panties. Do they all have, like, pictures of Eddie on them? No. Hmm. So is the logo the same as, like, Iron Maiden? It's just called Maidenware. Then how the hell can Iron Maiden do that? I have no idea. That doesn't make sense, unless they were, like, using Iron Maiden imagery or the logo or something like that. I mean... So nobody could name anything, anything Maiden. Well, and it's mentioned in the article they're not uh, they're not suing Ma- uh, Maiden Form, who's been making bras for decades. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> That'd be a question for the wife. I think she would know. You haven't unhooked that many of them. <laughs> I never take the time to look at what brand. Yeah, I'm doing something wrong if I'm reading what brand it is. Probably. <laughs> oh, this is that new Iron Maiden bra. Yeah, very shapely. But uh, I don't want to picture. Uh, I don't want to picture Nico McBrain wearing a corset. No, no, sure don't. That's weird. When you don't sell albums, you go after bra companies. Well, maybe you should just make better records. Well, you didn't think uh, Shin Shinjitsu or whatever the hell it's called was a great record? It was okay. It had its moments, but as far as like Iron Maiden goes. No, they weren't great albums. None of the last, most recent ones. I personally hated it. Um, John 5 says that he and Mick Mars have a great respect for each other and that they talk all the time. See, this is what's weird. Like, all this time, there's been, like, this blood feud between Mick Mars and Motley Crue. But then, like, John 5 is always stuck in the middle of it, and we have been pondering this for like a month now you know how does this all work how how can john five be stuck in the middle of all this and it turns out he's cool you know he talks to mick mars all the time and everything's great and everybody's playing their instruments and everybody's singing and it's weird to me it's like when john five says it i go well maybe they are all playing their instruments maybe nikki is playing bass maybe tommy is playing drums like when nikki says it's like yeah right but when john five says it then you go well now i actually have to consider this because john five seems like a pretty upstanding guy and if he's saying it i tend to believe it he said that not 99 percent, not 98 percent, but 100 percent. nikki's playing every single note on that stage but, I mean, he's talking about from what he knows with him playing with them. And it could be different before. I know for a right. fact Nikki was playing to tracks on that last tour. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, last time, maybe they weren't, but they must be now. Well, and then, I mean, they did play live at the NFL draft because um, he says, you know, you'll hear a bum note. But, I mean, at this point, their back's against the wall. They kind of have to play live because it's been so exposed. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then I wonder, you know, then like by logic, you would think that, okay, if they weren't playing live before, but now that John 5 is in the band, they are. Does that lead you to think maybe Mick Mars was a pretty weak link in this whole thing? I don't think so. Was was he the cause of, I mean, I guess that don't make sense because whatever Mick's doing shouldn't affect what Nikki's doing. You wouldn't think so. And even when you hear the videos with like the crazy click going on, mm. like you can hear what Mick Mars is hearing and it's like click, 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 click. And he's playing along. He's playing along. Just like Vince, that video came out with the crazy click. You've heard that, right? Yeah, it's really distracting to listen to. Imagine that in your head while you're on stage. But for those guys, that's the way it has to be. So I I listen to that. It's like, okay, Vince is really clearly singing. Mick Mars is clearly playing his guitar. This click is insane. But I guess if you're up on stage and you got to keep it together. But then the thing at that is got to be able to count on Tommy Lee and Nikki Six. To keep up with the click perfectly. I don't think so. Well, they want to say, well, we have to use the click and we because of, you know, cues for lights and blah, blah, blah. And like, so what about 30 years ago? How could anyone play live? Are we just, it's, it's at a point where convenience has taken over actually getting up and playing live. And it's like, is it impossible for a lighting guy to do his stuff manually? You have to program it and it has to go through a click. It's just, is the show outweighing the music? And it seems like it is now. Well, when the band is limited, then the show has to take over. Yeah. Like back in the 70s with Kiss, you had the best of both worlds. The band is on fire, and so is everything else. And that's great. But now it's like, like just like when we talk about Kiss, when people go to see Kiss, they're not necessarily going to see Kiss. They're going to see... A kiss show. The show is almost more than the. I mean, it is. The show is more than the band now. Yep. And if Kiss can do it, Motley Crue can do it. If Motley Crue can do it, Aerosmith can do it. All these guys that shouldn't be doing it are still out there doing it. But it's for the fact of saying, you're not. You don't. I'm not going to see Aerosmith. I'm going to see an Aerosmith show. Well, eventually, it, AI is going to replace all of it anyway. I'm scared for that. I am too. I still believe in real rock and roll. And, you know, like we've said with these these crazy bands that are huge and doing these crazy things, there's bands that kick ass that are playing right up the road from you this weekend. Check them out. Look in your local papers and things and see what's going on around you. Go out there and check out some live bands. It'll cost a fraction of a fraction of what it'll cost to see Kiss or Crew or Aerosmith or any of them big old bands, you might find something new and you support it and buy their music, buy their merch, keep buying their tickets when they come around. And we can foster the future of rock and roll when the gods are crumbling. Well, I mean, it's like where the arena shows used to be the ones you look the most forward to. Now it's, to me, I'd give me a club or a theater show any day. Yep, I agree. I agree. Next story... From the um, If a Tree Falls in the Forest department, MTV News is shutting down after 36 years on the air. You know, that's crazy. When I saw that, I was like, what? MTV died a long time ago. I had no idea that they that MTV News was still a thing. Is Kurt Loder still on there? 
Nobody's like 80 years old now. Yeah, I know. I mean, if you're going to have MTV News, what does it just come up like? All right, that was a young kid pregnant. Up next, we've got old ladies trying to get pregnant. And now, MTV News. What are they going to do? What do they tell you about? Do they tell you about music like they used to? I don't know. I mean, unless it's just online. But like, it's not like MTV is really reporting. I don't think they're reporting news anymore, although I haven't watched MTV in a very long... I mean, do I need to see six hours of ridiculousness? I really don't. No, I never, ever. It's been years since I've turned on MTV. I couldn't even tell you. Like I said, I can't. I don't even know the names of the shows that are actually on there because, I mean, MTV died a long time ago. So, like I said, I assumed MTV News died along with the music videos. That's what I thought. I, I saw the headline and I'm like, huh? Okay. I just don't understand. Why didn't they rebrand? When they decided, when the decision was made, we're no longer playing music videos. We're doing this other stuff now. Why didn't they rebrand? Why didn't they change their name? MTV, yes, it's an iconic thing, but it in no way applies to the direction going forward after dropping music videos. Well, why didn't Motley Crue change their name with Karabi? I mean, I guess, but it makes no sense. That's why there's Riley's L.A. Guns. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Because name recognition counts for more than everything else. But there's no music. They never made sense to me. Yep. They should have changed their name to Bullshit Reality Garbage TV. So rest in peace, MTV News, even though we thought you died 25 years ago. <laughs> I'm glad to not have to say that about a person. <laughs> Rest in peace, even though we don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> yeah. We thought you were dead like a long time ago. Yeah. So the next story you added, you wanted to talk about Ted Nugent? I didn't even know that Ted Nugent was on his retirement tour. He's shutting it down, too. Yeah, he announced a uh, farewell tour recently, and I guess he had a show, was it Alabama, that... Uh, was dropped after people protested it. Yeah. From what I read, Ted Nugent said six people complained. Okay. And, they decided, and I'm guessing these six people weren't fans of Ted Nugent's music, but were well aware of him in his other endeavors. Yeah, but I mean, does a Ted Nugent show draw like 10, 12 people? I got to imagine Ted Nugent draws. I'm just if joking. Ted Nugent was playing in Nashville, I'd go see it because I've never... Oh, no, I take that back. I have seen Ted Nugent one time. I have, too. He was headlining a festival in Wisconsin. I saw him at Starwood in the 90s. He was good. No, he's still a great player. Ted Nugent was awesome live. I don't I don't take that away from And me. still occasionally comes out with good music. A lot of times his albums are pretty hit and miss with a couple of good songs on them and then a lot of weird stuff. But I'm a fan of Ted Nugent. I always have been since I was young and I first heard Cat Scratch Fever album. I got it off my Uncle Bruce. And, you know, you got to love the Wang Dang Sweet Poon Tang and the Wango Tango and all that good stuff. Ted Nugent fucking rocks. And it kind of makes me sad that he's going out too, but... Unlike the rest of these guys, I don't think Ted Nugent is lip-syncing or hiding behind the pyrotechnics or none of that. I just think the more more apropos headline would have been that there's people in Alabama that protest Ted Nugent. That's more surprising to me than anything else. 
That does seem weird. But like I said, you know, six people show up with picket signs and say, no, Ted Nugent, we don't like that. He goes up the road just across the border in Mississippi and rebooks a show like immediately. So a bunch of people are just going to drive up the road and go see him anyway. Yeah. I do love the quote in here. He says, I'm not homophobic. I've got gay friends and we snuggle. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. And, and he says, I'm not racist. I am black. He's always claimed to be a little bit black. He is from Detroit, after all. We're all black when the lights go out. So, Ted Nugent, on his retirement tour, if he's coming into your area, you better go catch him live before they cancel it and you got to drive up the road or... <laughs> He makes it to the end, and no more Ted Nugent music. Then he's going to have a lot of free time on his hands. That's when he'll get canceled. <laughs> he'll never get canceled for his music, but give him too much time on his hands, we're going to have trouble. Yeah, he'll probably start a podcast. Oh, that'd be a, Well, he already has a podcast. Oh, I does think. he? <laughs> I think so. I think he does. Talks all kinds of wild stuff on there, <laughs> believe it or not. Oh, yeah. I'll have to take your word for that. Um, I saw... Artist Frank Kozik or Kozik died at 61 years old, and um, I didn't know this guy's name, but he's done some some pretty big album covers. He did the Melvins Houdini and Electro Retard. Worked with Caius and Queens of the Stone Age. I love Caius. Done some and did posters for Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, STP, Helmet, The Offspring, and more. Yeah, that's a pretty hefty list. I saw that earlier in the week. I wasn't familiar with them. And the Melvins, man, and their album title names. He's <laughs> Electro Retard. Wow. What was that other one? You nom- you nominated them for like March Badness just based on the title of the album. Oh god. Um something about abortion. I can't remember the rest Crazy. of it. Crazy. Crazy ass Melvins. <laughs> so this this guy had to have been a pretty damn cool artist to be able to match artwork to go with an album title like that a lot of his uh, art was like kind of very bright cartoony stuff pretty good it's yeah. more basic but but interesting that's cool man well mm-hmm. not cool that he's dead but cool that he's being revered and remembered he'll be remembered more than mtv news what's that yeah exactly <laughs> um we got a few more do you want to do your section before we get into the last couple yeah let's do my little segment here that I like to do on GeekWire. We'll look to the current, we'll look to the past, and we'll look to the future all at once with Rockstar Birthdays, Rockstar Death Days, and albums to look forward to coming our way. So let's start out with some birthdays. I think we left off last time on the 12th with the uh, the guy playing drums for Kiss right now, Eric Singer, mm. wishing him a happy birthday last week. So... We pick it up on the 13th. I guess we'll go back a little bit. These are a few people we missed. Celebrating a birthday on the 13th, Buckethead. One of my faves. Yeah, I know you love that guy. He's an incredible guitarist. Over 300 albums released. Insane. He's the guy that, that King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard look up to. Yeah, and that... I always try to tell people, I'm like, yeah, and I think the Buckethead thing is a gimmick, and it I think it's hurt him being respected because if you just think he's a goofy guy wearing a Michael Myers mask and a bucket, go listen to his stuff. There's some amazing yeah. stuff there. No, he's a hell of a guitar player. I think the buckethead thing works, man. I think it's gotten him a lot of attention that just some dude standing there playing phenomenal guitar might not get. That's true. 
I think it was smart. Speaking of phenomenal guitar players celebrating a birthday on the 14th, his 61st, the one and only C.C. DeVille. All right. I take C.C. DeVille over Buckethead. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will. I'll do it. I'll stand up on a table and proclaim it. Oh, I know you will. Let's see. Also, man, we got a bunch of cool birthdays on the 14th. Uh, a couple of friends of ours, Derek Leva, celebrating a birthday on the 14th, as well as Mick Watkins, both longtime awesome supporters of this show. They share a birthday with Paul Shortino. Oh, pretty good company. Yeah. On the 15th, celebrating his 66th birthday, it's Brad Gillis. Of course, from Night Ranger and Almost Ozzy. No, he was an Ozzy, wasn't yeah, he? he? Yeah, he took yeah, he over did. for Randy when Randy passed. Just not for too long, but he was there for a little bit. I know what he played on. He Speak played of on the, the Devil. live album, right? Yeah, the Speak of the Devil. He played on that, but I don't think he played on any other studio albums. Just the live one. Saw him live with Night Ranger at the Ryman, and he just fucking shredded. Nice. Night Ranger's a band that I've been thinking about giving a chance to. Because the only thing I ever really knew by them was Sister Christian. And I'm told not to judge an entire band by that one song. And I hear other people talking about Night Ranger, talking about how awesome they are. So i actually been considering doing a little bit of a deeper dive into some Night Ranger to see if maybe I was wrong. Like I've been with so many other bands, you know, Saigon Kick, Love is on the Way. I never gave them a chance because of that one stupid song. And they're fucking awesome. And I'm a fan of jason beeler to this day it could be the same thing with night ranger i'm thinking i definitely grew to like him more after seeing him live right on well we shall see i want to tell you a story and it coincides with this because his birthday is on the 16th remember a while back when i told you the story that i crossed paths with bass player from alice cooper band chuck garrick at the home depot right starting to think one of two things either i'm hallucinating or chuck garrick might be my spirit animal because i I keep seeing him everywhere so the other morning i'm at work and it's pretty early and it's raining and i'm pulling back behind one of the buildings to get to the parking lot so i can go in and fix whatever's wrong in there as i'm pulling up i see this guy kind of jogging up the sidewalk so i slow my roll I'm going to give him a chance to cross so and then pull into the parking lot. I don't want to pull in in his way, and it's raining. He's kind of jogging along. This guy's got his hair into, like, uh, I don't know what you call it. What's the hairstyle where it's, like, br- like braided, but there's tool. Kind of like Pippi Longstocking style, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Willie Nelson style. Sort of like Willie Nelson, but much shorter. And they're black, and I don't think nothing of it at first, you know. And gets closer, and I look. It's Chuck fucking Garrick. And I go, what the hell? I can't believe it. You know, so I rolled out my window. It's raining. He's jogging, trying to get to where he's going. And I yell out the window, go, Chuck, go. <laughs> and he gets that moment of look on his face like, what the fuck? You know, so he's yelling at me in the rain, in the middle of the street. And I just kind of, he looks and like confused and then smiles. Because he must realize somebody awesome must be recognizing him because he's awesome. And he keeps running right on his way trying to find someplace dry, I'm assuming. And I pull into the parking lot. I'm like, what the hell's going on? How do I keep seeing Chuck Garrick everywhere I go? <laughs> it's a Chuck Garrick world. We just live in it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I'm totally okay with that. 
happy birthday to my spirit animal, Chuck Garrick, on the 16th. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Queens of the Stone Age, celebrating a birthday on the 17th, Josh Homie. Homie, I think, maybe. Homie. From the Queens of the Stone Age. I'm hoping they got some new music coming our way. They're starting to play more and more shows again, so that ought to be interesting. They're headlining Louder Than Life one night. Oh, I didn't like know that. To, I'd like to go up there for that. I don't know if they're headlining, but they're one of the top three bands one of the nights. That's cool. I'd like to go see that. I love that band, and I've never seen them live. They are on my bucket list. Let's see. Who else we're wishing happy birthdays to? On the 19th, got a couple of awesome ones. The one and only Dusty Hill, had he lived, would be his birthday on the 19th. He shares birthday with an awesome with an awesome friend of ours. She was at Rockin' Pod talking about our friend Jeannie. You guys probably know her best as Hollywood from Glow celebrating a birthday on the 19th. Happy birthday, Jeannie. Happy birthday. She shares a birthday with Joey Ramone. No kidding. Had he lived. So, yeah, Dusty Hill, Joey Ramone, and Hollywood from Glow. Gotta love that. Although, let's see. Let's see. What else we got? On the 21st, I want to wish happy birthday to my friend Jeff Sandbaum. We've played his bands a couple of times on the show. We played his solo stuff. And back in the day, we played the Mad Mad ones. A lot of people really love that. He's up in Wausau, Wisconsin, running Sandbaum Guitars. Check them out. I'm looking forward. I'm going up to Wisconsin right after that Ugly Kid Joe show. I'm going to make a point in stopping in and seeing him. Right on. Celebrating a birthday on the 22nd, our awesome friend, Craig Turdich, having a birthday. Nice. Oh, yeah. On the 23rd, man, one of the most awesome singers I've ever seen do it. Former guest of the show, guest at Rockin' Pod. His bands have played at Rockin' Pod pre-parties. Happy birthday on the 23rd. To Greg Mangus. Mangus. Awesome dude, man. I'd like to see him join a band, write some original songs, and kick ass. He still wants to come on and talk either Angel or Stars with us. I'd be cool with that. Either one. There you go. That's an on assignment right there. There you go. Celebrating a birthday on the 24th. You hear his name all the time, Geeks of the Week, Todd Cunningham. Thank you for all the support over the years, my friend. Celebrating a birthday on the 25th, the Podfather, Ken Mills. Oh, i got to make sure I give him a call. It's been too long. Yeah, I miss Ken Mills. Yes, sir. I seen him on the back of a milk carton the other day. I said, <laughs> I, I know that guy. Along with Chuck Garrick. Uh, Chuck Garrick was carrying the gallon of milk <laughs> while he was running in the rain. The gallon of milk had a pitcher of Ken Mills on it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> also celebrating a birthday on the 25th, Klaus Mine from the Scorpions. He's got to be almost 70 now, right? Getting up there, born in 1948. You know how I feel about doing math on the show. <laughs> I think he's over 70. Um, hey, here's a couple of cool dudes on the 27th celebrating a birthday. Our original, way back in the day, we had a producer on this show, if you can believe that. You listen to this and go, you guys need a fucking producer now. No shit. We used to have one. I want to give a shout out, happy birthday to Mark Bullard, celebrating a birthday on the 27th. And I always remember his birthday because it's on the same day as mine. That's right. I'm on the birthday list. It's me, Aaron Camaro. Nice. Happy early birthday. Thank you. And one more to round us out for the end of the month. Happy birthday to our awesome friend, 
in the Arctic Nordic areas of the world. Thorborn Olsen. Happy birthday, brother. One of my favorite names. Heck yeah. That's our Viking friend. He is metal through and through. And he's been a long time supporter of this show. Thank to everybody that supports this show. That's why I try to keep this Rockstar Birthdays thing going. <laughs> Take it the list of, oh, you forgot me. Yeah, I know. It happens, you know. I mean, some people might not care that the lead singer of Scorpions is having a birthday, but damn it, we care that Derek Leba is. That's right. That's what's important. All right, let's talk about the people we need to remember this week. Last time we left it off with St. Ronnie James Dio. I hope you guys listened to a lot of Dio last week. We got some, we got a few, got a few, not too bad, but they're always a bummer. Let's get through them. We want to remember on the 17th, passed away in 1999 at the age of 49, legendary producer Bruce Fairbairn. Oh, wow. He was found dead while working in his home studio in Vancouver with the band Yes, working on their album The Ladder and doing what he loved, you know, helping bands produce awesome albums. Bruce Fairbairn. Shit, man, he produced some pretty damn legendary albums over the years. Talking about shit, Razor's Edge by ACDC. Yep. Uh, bon wet. I was going to say Bon Jovi's best stuff. Aerosmith. Yep. He pretty much engineered their comeback with Permanent Vacation. You know, changed their sound to fit with what was going on in the 80s. Bruce Fairbairn had a, had a good feel for that in the 80s, to make a, take a band that rocked and make them radio accessible. Yep. He, he was pretty much the master of that. And then he would try to do that with crazy prog rock bands like Yes, but I can't remember the last time I heard a Yes song on the radio. I've heard, I hear Roundabout once in a very long while. Yeah, that is probably their biggest hit, right? Or, uh, well, I guess Owner of a Lonely Heart. Oh, yeah. But even that don't get played very often. Not really. Hmm. Yep, lost him in 1999. Uh, here's one a little more recent. Back in 2017, on the 17th, same day, age 52, lead singer of Soundgarden, Chris Cornell. Hmm. Found dead in a hotel room with an exercise band around his neck. Weird way to go. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about that last time with Hide from X-Japan, but that was like the towel doing the neck stretching thing. The exercise band, I don't, that don't seem like he was trying to adjust his spine. There's some weird conspiracy theory stuff about that, but yeah. I can imagine so, being that it's such a strange thing, the way it was discovered and all that. I don't know too much about it, but... It sucks. I mean, fuck, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden, one of the most iconic voices of the 90s, like one of the most iconic voices of that entire genre of music of, I guess you want to call it alternative rock, you know? To me, it was hard rock music, and he was one of the best singers ever. Oh, yeah. Back in 2005, on the 19th, at the age of 47, the original singer from Metal Church, he was on the first three albums, David Wayne, passed away and it was lung cancer i mean 47 is pretty young yeah for that kind of stuff uh you want to remember on the 20th passed away back in 2013 after living a very long and fruitful life at the age of 74 we lost the 
legendary keyboardist from The Doors, Rayman Zarek. <clears throat> that poor guy, he had like a weird, rare form of cancer, but it was pretty cool. I learned that he hadn't spoken with Robbie Krieger or John Densmore in a while. Mm-hmm. He was able to uh, reconcile with those guys before he passed away. Like he found out he was sick. He reached out to them and they cleared any issues they had between them. Talked really good. And then he went to Germany for treatment. And kind of like Dio going to Houston, he never came back. He's another one that I, I wish I could have had an interview with because the interviews I did hear and see with him in the past were always great. He was a really good talker, had a lot of great stories. Great stories and was a hell of a storyteller. Yeah. You know, really paint a picture with the stuff he was telling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I envy anybody that got to interview Rayman's Eric. I mean, when we were young, teenagers, like everybody was into like Metallica and stuff. And me and my buddy Steve were into The Doors. We used to catch a lot of hell for liking The Doors. You know, I still catch hell for liking The Doors, but such a unique band, man. I was really into them. The whole, you know, the whole Jim Morrison mystique and everything, too. Yeah, I, I had a, about a couple of years where I was went through a Doors phase where I was very, very... I still liked them, their stuff, but I was really into them for a little while. I just look back now and say, man, what would that band have been like if Rayman's Eric played bass guitar instead of the circusy keyboards? Yeah. I think they would have been a lot better and a lot more revered. All right, let's see. On the 21st, we want to remember, he passed away back in 2016. He was the Megadeth drummer from 1989 to 1998. At the age of 51, Nick Menza. Another tragic way to go. I mean, definitely died doing what he loved, but I remember the night that that happened. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You talk about people dying, doing what they love. This guy was literally on stage with his band OHM back in 2016. I think they were in Los Angeles doing a show. And I think like three songs into it, he just kind of keels over. It happened at a club called The Baked Potato. He was rocking so fucking hard that his heart exploded. Talented guy. That's Nick Menza. Fuck yeah. Let's see, we want to remember on the 24th, bass player from Slipknot. Man, 38 is young. But it doesn't matter what age you are. Don't fuck around with that fentanyl. That shit will kill you. And even nowadays, you don't know. Anything you fuck around with might have fentanyl in it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty dangerous shit. I like personally know somebody that died because they were fucking around with something that turned out to have fentanyl in it. Mm. Two people dead. Terrible, terrible stuff. To think this shit was going on back in 2010, I don't think Paul Gray knew what he was getting into that night, thought he was doing one thing, ended up getting a little bit of extra and killed him. That sucks. Drugs are bad. We've got a couple of bad drug ones coming up that we got to remember right now. This one's probably one of the most legendary ones of all. Poor sucker. Works hard for years, writing all this great music, figured out a way. Again, we talked about like Bob Marley last week to find a way to to fuse rock music with reggae. Here's another band that freaking mastered that, talking about Sublime. I love Sublime. It's like heavy metal reggae, a lot of their stuff. And Bradley Knoll was a songwriting genius. Like His lyrics were so awesome and clever. I was actually... Even though it's probably way to the edge of the box of stuff that I am into, and about as far away from Kiss and Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica as you can get, 
I love Sublime, man. Love that band. 36 years old, right before the album that's going to break this band and make them massive is released. He's dead. Heroin overdose. Yeah, heroin's the worst. But I mean, can you imagine? You know, you got to know this album is amazing. It's going to do something and I'm going to celebrate and I'm never going to get to enjoy not even a lick of it. It just tells you how strong that addiction is. It's very tragic. Yeah. Very tragic. All right. On the 27th, we want to remember, passed away in 2017. This guy lived a long life, probably full of many, many adventures. At the age of 69, we lost Greg Allman of the Greg Allman Band. Mm-hmm. The Allman Brothers Band, all that stuff, man. So good. I was never really, I don't know. I guess I didn't know nobody that really listened to it. But here lately, I've been actually listening to some Allman Brothers. And you know what? There is a heavier side of the Allman Brothers. Yeah, there's some good stuff in that catalog for sure. I never knew it. And I just started recently checking into it. So now I've been checking out Greg Allman's solo stuff. I'm digging it. There's an album called Southern Blood. It's got Zach Wilde on it. If you can believe that, hmm. it's true. Yeah, it's true. Greg Allman, got to remember him on the 27th. Um, let's see. Let's do two more. This one pretty important to me because this was one of my guitar heroes when I was young. Want to remember on the 28th, passed away back in 2004. Man, 36 years old. What a bummer. This guy maybe could have went on to become one of the guitarists that are so super revered nowadays on the same level as like Nuno and like Vito Brada, guys that they look back at this time and go, those guys were amazing. Talking about Derek Frigo from Enough's Enough. Yeah. Another one, 36 years old. Take a wild guess. It's drugs, heroin. Yep. Donnie V told us some sad stories about how hooked on drugs those guys were. And I mean, it's, it's tough to get out of it. Some people do, some people don't. Derek Frigo didn't. And the account of the passing away of Derek Frigo is nothing glamorous or flattering. It's really sad. This guy was incredible. Enough stuff that that early lineup was so weird because you got Chip and Donnie, and they're writing like Beatles songs. And then you got Derek Frigo, who's like kind of like Vinnie Vincent almost, with the insane, insane guitar playing. Yeah, very of the time. But still would fit that stuff to the songs that Donnie V and Chips Enough were writing and and do it perfectly. Yeah, that's what made them kind of a unique band, I thought. Pretty incredible, you know, and that's a real bummer. A real bummer. And finally, we want to remember also on the anniversary of the 28th of May, lost him back in 2020, former guest to the show, Pretty notorious, legendary appearance on Decibel Geek Podcast. At the age of 70, talking about Bob Kulik. Oh boy, that was uh, that was quite an episode. I look back on it with fondness now. Bob really gave us a gift that day. <laughs> well, you did with your idea on how to make it work, but yeah. But it was really cool because, like, Bob made that like we had to figure out something to do with that episode and bob presented us with that challenge and we turned it into something 
really great, you know. And at the end, I got to imagine if he listened to it, he had to have gotten a chuckle out of it. Maybe. I mean, I and I with him, I try not to think about the last year or so of his life because it's right. He was really breaking down, but uh, musically, man, definitely left his mark. Oh, man. When I think about Bob Kulik, I think about side four of Kiss Alive 2. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. His guitar playing was so good on those songs. Killers. And the the songs off Killers, man. Bob Kulik was amazing filling in for Ace Frehley and Kiss. Even though he didn't get the credit for it for many, many years, you know what? I'll give it to Bob Kulik. If I got to have somebody to kind of mimic Ace Frehley's playing and make me believe that Ace Frehley's playing on it, I take Bob Kulik over Tommy Thayer any day. Well, and I love his uh, Crimson Idol stuff work too. Yeah, and don't forget Blackthorn. Yep. Don't forget Blackthorn. Go Yankees! Right, right, Bob. Go Yankees! We love you, brother. <laughs> Those are the people you want to remember this week, man. Bust out some Soundgarden. Pull out some Enoughs and Up. You'll find out what we're talking about. What how amazing Derek Frigo was on that early stuff. Sublime, Slipknot, Megadeth, you know, all these great artists, man, you know, we we got legends today, but as it shows on this list, we lose them all the time. Yeah. More and more every single week. So love your rock and roll while you got it, because it's not going to be around forever. Remember these guys in reverence this week, play some of their music and enjoy it. Let's talk about the future yeah let's look to the future one time and see what kind of cool albums we got coming our way i got a couple to start out with that we actually i missed last time let's go back to april 21st i want to tell you about this one because it's pretty cool uh ian hunter from mott the hoople fame has got a new album out it's called defiance part one and he's got just a shit ton of guest players on it. Slash is on it. Duff is on it. I mean, who else? Who else? Joe Elliott is on it. Oh. Damn it. I, I wrote it down, but I don't see my list here where I wrote it down. But I'll tell you this. It might be the very last appearances on LP or on CD by both Jeff Beck and Taylor Hawkins, who both make appearances on that album. I'll have to check that. I like a lot of his more recent stuff, so I'll have to check yeah. that out. And I've been kind of getting into Mata Hoople a little bit. I didn't really know a whole lot about them, but they've got some kind of cool deep cuts on some of their stuff. Right on. Here's one you reminded me of. I had it on the list, but I didn't know it came out already. On the 28th of April, we got a new five-song EP from Gunshine. And if you remember, Gunshine was one of my top albums from last year on the final episode of the year that we always do. And they're back with the new EP. It's called Checkmate. It's pretty cool, man. It's really good. I like it. Continues on of what they did on their album last year. So, again, you want an example of a great new band coming out with great new music? Well, look no further than Gunshine. Get out there, purchase this EP, and support them. Because this is a band that we want to have around for a long time when all these people are kicking off and the big shots from yesteryear can't pull it off anymore. we got to keep these bands alive. So get out there and grab that EP. If you want to know a little bit more about them, there is a fantastic review of this new EP by David Wilkes on the CGCM website. You know, they've got a beautiful website. They do. We used to have a 
beautiful website. <laughs> it's it's run by all the people that used to work for us. I know. That's probably why I like it so much. Like, I don't know. There's something about this website that I really like. Yep. Oh, yeah. I remember when our website was this awesome. Yeah. Miss you, Rich. Love you, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm happy for those guys. No, love it. All right. What else we got? Coming out on the 19th. Yeah, right about the time you're hearing this, I'm guessing. New album from Alcatraz. That's right. Jimmy Waldo's out there playing keyboards and keeping it alive. It's a follow-up to 2021's Alcatraz 5. New album's called Take No Prisoners, featuring Doogie White on vocals, Joe Stump on guitar, Gary Shea on bass, and Larry Patterson on drums. I mean, hmm. you know what you, you know what you're getting with Alcatraz. They've been putting out albums now kind of kind of regularly here in the last maybe 8 years or so. Not bad. It's just like the classic stuff that you know. They were big fans of Rainbow and that's kind of what they emulated and that's still pretty much what Alcatraz does. So, if you like straight up rock, you're going to love this. There's actually a song out now. It's uh I think it's their single. They have Girls' School appearing on it. That's a very Motorhead thing to do. That's cool. But yeah, it's pretty awesome. New music from Alcatraz out on the 19th. Also out on the 19th, we talked about it just a minute ago, Sweet and Lynch, their new album, Heart and Sacrifice. It's their second album. Michael Sweet says it's a little darker, a little heavier. Some of the songs are tuned way down, and the guitar has a nice heavy feel to it. They got that single out there now we were just talking about. It's awesome. Check out that new album from Sweet and Lynch out now on Frontiers on the 19th. Um, Let's see, what else? We are just talking about this band just a second ago. They are pretty much the pioneers of insane, progressive, hard rock music. Legendary band, yes. Out with their 22nd full-length studio album. It's a follow-up to 2021's The Quest. And it's called Mirror to the Sky. It's their first album without legendary drummer Alan White, who passed away last year in 2022. So Yes carries on. And they got new music coming out on the 19th. Jump ahead to the 26th. Got the debut album from the band that's made up of Richie Faulkner, Scott Travis, Ronnie Romero, and Rex Brown. I'm talking about Elegant Weapons. I know you've been a fan of this. Looking forward to this one for quite a while. On the 26th, they're coming out with their debut album, Horns for a Halo, out on Nuclear Blast Records. I know you're excited for that one. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear the whole thing. Heck, yeah. On the same day, it's the competition on the 26th. Who's going to sell more records? I doubt they look at it like this. I'm pretty certain they don't. <laughs> but remember, there was a time. Remember, there was a time. Back in the day, when bands, if they put out albums on the same day or even in the same month, they're like, we're going to compete. Like, who's going to sell more records? That don't really happen anymore. Nobody's fighting between Elegant Weapons and Metal Church. Back with their 13th full-length studio album, the first new one in five years. And also the first one with Mark Lopez on lead vocals, replacing longtime singer Mike Howe. Passed away back in 2021. Mark Lopez... He was formerly the singer from the Ross the Boss Band. He's a great singer. Yeah, sounds good. They got a new song out. I've heard it. It's badass. New album's called Congregation of Annihilation. That's badass. New album's out on the 26th. 
check that one out. Let's uh, let's crawl into June a little bit because there's some cool stuff coming out. Like the first and second, we'll go up to the second of June. That ought to cover us. Coming out on the first, the eighth full-length studio album from Avenged Sevenfold, a band we don't really talk about a whole lot here on Decibel Geek, but they're pretty good. I mean, for a band that came out in the era they came out in to be kind of a straight-up hard rock band, I don't have nothing against Avenged Sevenfold. This is their follow-up to 2018's Black Rain, so it's been a minute for a new album from them. It's called Life is But a Dream. This is another one that technically it should have been ready by 2020, but you know, pandemic sets everything back. So now finally, the fans of Avenged Sevenfold who have been waiting five years for a new album get theirs on the first. On the second, let's see, yeah, 10th studio album, appropriately titled Volume 10, from Buck Cherry. Buck Cherry, been putting out music pretty steadily over the years. I think one thing I always loved and respected about Buck Cherry is that for the time that they came out in the early 2000s, they were a band that really had that Sunset Strip kind of sound, but were still getting radio airplay. So I always kind of respected Buck Cherry for that because they were one of the few that were able to do that style and still get popular in that time frame. Right. So they are back on the second with their volume 10. You gotta support Buck Cherry. They can still do it, and they're out there doing it. I know we got some fans of Oasis that listen to this. That's always kind of a debate. If you like Oasis, if you don't like Oasis, I like some Oasis, not all of it. But Noel Gallagher, the guitar player, most famous from Oasis, is coming out with his fourth full-length studio album on the second, and it's called Council Skies. So if you're a fan of Oasis, you want to keep up with what this dude's doing nowadays, you can do that with a new album. And then finally wrapping it up on the second, this one is one that I've been looking forward to. It's a band that we have championed for many, many years here on Decibel Geek. Rival Sons is back with a new album. It's called Dark Fighter, and it is coming out on the second. Rival Sons are awesome. They're a younger band. I mean, they've been around for a minute now, but they got the spirit. They got the style. They got the rock. You want to support that band, keep them going. Yeah, I like what I've heard on from that one so far. Nice. So there you have it. New albums coming your way from Alcatraz, Sweet and Lynch, Yes, Elegant Weapons, Metal Church, Avenged Sevenfold, Buck Cherry, Noel Gallagher, and the Rival Sons. Spend your money wisely because these bands, they're still doing it. So they deserve it. They deserve to live. Keep them alive. So that's the Camaro segment. A look to the past with Rockstar Death Days, a look to the current with Rockstar Birthdays, and a look to the future for music coming your way. I always got a funny feeling like when I do this, talk about the albums coming out, that I know I'm certainly missing stuff. So if you think you can help me, if you're in a band and you've got new music coming out, or you have one of your favorite bands that are coming out with a new album that I might not be aware of, I'm on the Facebook. Drop me a message. Let me know. All right, that means we're in the home stretch. Let's knock this thing out. What else we got? Uh, in tour news, Ingve Malmstein and Glenn Hughes have announced a co-headlining U.S. tour for August and September. Should be interesting to see if these two can get along for an entire tour. 
they seem like very different personalities, don't they? Yeah, and it's just it's kind of newsworthy because Ingve typically does not do any co-headlining stuff with anyone known so it should should be interesting to see how this will now then again he's a giant deep purple fan so this is like the exception he'll make i'm sure yeah i guess that does make sense because who could possibly ever co-headline with ingve right no none of you are worthy be funny if it it's still just the big wall of marshall amps and then even glenn hughes has to perform on this little corner edge of the stage Man, that wouldn't be right. <laughs> and I wonder that if this means right. that uh, Glenn Hughes is out of Dead Daisies, or if maybe they're just on a break. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because Dead Daisies just what a year, a two year or two ago put out that great album. Yeah, and they did a lot of touring, but maybe they're maybe they're stopping for now. But I mean, then again, they switch out members pretty regularly, right. so he may be yeah. done with them. No, you can't stop Glenn Hughes. He's still out there rocking. One of my all-time favorite vocalists yeah. ever. No, nothing near Nashville on the tour, though, unfortunately. I know. I looked at that immediately when I saw that, because I've never seen Ingbe and I've never seen Glenn Hughes, man. I would love to. If you're not a Glenn Hughes fan, you're missing out on something amazing. He's got a discography that's a mile long, just packed full of great stuff. He plays funk that would make the parliament proud he's so awesome i love glenn hughes i love his stuff um news from the sour grapes department dave ellison wishes dave mustaine would just shut up about metallica well join the club (laughs) (laughs) it's got to be worse for him can you imagine how many times over the years in an interview david is sitting next to dave mustaine and he has to stop and go please don't ask him about metallica please don't ask about metallica oh fuck here we go again yeah, and um, but I think Ellison is—he's definitely stopped being Mister Nice Guy. He's really talking a lot more shit lately, and I think it's—I uh, don't think it's a good look for him either with some of the stuff he's saying. Um, with the Metallica thing, he said that he likens Mustaine being fired to his own firing. He said it looks fucking pathetic, and uh, he was talking about his firing. And he says, "I got one call, you're fired." And I said, "What the fuck, man?" Some shitty fucking people just dropped a bomb on my house, and that's it. It's not even true. It's fucking bullshit. And this is how you want to treat me. Um, And he said, you know, I'll take care of it. Let me just deal with it, and it'll be done. We'll be ready to go on the road in two months, and everything will be fine. And it was. But Dave didn't want to know about it. I think he was getting pressure from other people around him. And it's too bad it went that way, because it really was nothing. I took care of it. Now, um you got to imagine at one point in time, Dave Mustaine probably said the same thing to the guys in Metallica. Possibly. Now, uh, come on now. Yeah, I had a little too much to drink last night. And yes, I practiced karate on Lars again. But come on, I'll get it under control. Give me a chance. And next thing you know, he's standing at the bus stop. The only thing I don't really like about what he's saying here is acting like it it wasn't a big deal and or acting like it... it, it it wasn't true. Yeah, the video got put out, dude. You were, you know. Well, yeah, but it also originally, originally, if you remember when that story first broke, everybody was trying to say it was with an underage girl. Yeah. Well, the girl's still 40 years younger than him, man. Still, but <laughs> she's still of age. Yeah, and he was still married, too. Well, that's that's something, too, you know. But originally, originally, when that story first broke... Everybody was trying to push it like Dave Ellison was a pedo. 
No, I wasn't and saying that. No, nah, I didn't say you said that. That was the clickbait. All right. When that was new. And then eventually the story came around. It's like, no, that girl wasn't underage. She was way younger than him. And yes, he was married. And yeah, now there's a video of him out there, you know, doing what he's doing. <laughs> All incredibly, incredibly a bad decision. Oh, yeah. But people make mistakes. Oh, sure. And it's and he wasn't with some, you know, they made it sound like the girl was like 13, 14 years old. That was what we were led to believe when that story first came out. And if that was the case, then, hey, you're fucking fired is totally understandable. Uh-huh. But he didn't even get a chance to say, hey, look, you know, what they're saying isn't accurate. And, you know, and it didn't take long for the full story to come out. But by then, it was a done deal. Well, I think. I think Mustaine was looking for any reason to let him go. I think it was just a convenient excuse. Yeah, we all agree on that. I mean, with the lawsuits and everything, and, you know, like you even said in the past, it didn't look like those guys were happy together, even though they were in the band together. And I would imagine the situation probably wasn't great. It was probably one of them deals where we see each other on stage, I don't want to see you afterwards. I think that's exactly what was going on. So what fun is that anyway? You know, so if you say he was looking for an excuse and bam, there it was, served right up to him on a silver platter, easy. David, you're done. Yeah. Well, speaking of being done, um, some sad news came. Well, I guess it's it's understandable, but uh, it kind of sucks because this is one of those older bands that still can hack it. Uh, Kicks is going to call it quits this year. I saw that, man. And we talk about it all the time. All the time. We're losing our legends. Our favorite rock bands are hanging it up. You got to give it to Kicks, man. I got a ton of respect for them. And like I said, it's not even that they can't do it anymore. It's not like they can't get up on stage and kick ass because they do. They're still freaking awesome. They all play their instruments. They all sing. They do everything themselves. What sucks for Kicks, and it's the same story for a lot of bands. I know it's always been the story that's been told in pro wrestling. You don't pay me for the time I'm on the stage. You don't pay me for the time I'm in the ring. I would do that for free. That is what I love to do. When you ask an artist what they're actually getting paid for, it's the waiting around in airports. It's waiting for, you know, taxi cabs or Uber or whatever. It's, you know, the travel and all the shitty things and being away from your family and living in hotels. And that part sucks. That's what you're actually paying them for. What they deliver to you while they're on the stage, that's what they love. They do that for free. But in order to do that and bring that experience to you wherever you are, you got to travel for it. You got to be on tour. And you know what? When you get a little bit older, I got to imagine touring is not as fun as it was when you were in your 20s and 30s. Yeah. And they're just still one of the best live bands I've ever seen. And, And I saw them recently. So, or like, you know, last few years. And, you know, just uh, an incredible live band and uh, incredibly underrated band. So uh, if you get a chance to see them, see them while you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Their last show was in Maryland. That's where it should end. That's where it started. So if you get a chance to catch them in between, you better do it. Because after this, Kicks is gone. Maybe they'll still write music. Maybe they'll still come out with albums. I don't know. But, again, this is a perfect example you got to support the rock while you got it because bands are dropping off all the time. But like I said, a ton of respect to Kicks for hanging it up before it just sucks. 
I mean, they could drag it out forever until they can't do it no more. Yeah, for sure. And that would that would be terrible. They're they're actually cutting it off and they're calling it quits when they should. But it still breaks my heart, and I'm sad to see them go because yeah. Kicks is one awesome band. Just just got one more left today. Um, this kind of came up this morning, actually. Uh, just want to congratulate Tim Henderson and the people at Brave Words because they announced today they are launching Brave Words Records Ltd. It's a their own record label. That's amazing. I love that. Brave Words has been around for so many years. Probably my number one news source for music news. Because Blabbermouth, I mean, they're all right, but they're not always going to cover the bands that I love. Brave Words always does. And the other cool thing about Brave Words over the years is their dedication to the up-and-coming artists, the up-and-coming bands, the guys and the girls that we've never heard of before. And they're giving them reviews and giving them the time and covering them on Brave Words. I mean, shit, man. I remember back when it was Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles, man. That's old school. Yeah, it's been around a long time. Love them for a long time. So this has got to be good because these guys absolutely have their fingers on the pulse of the future of rock and metal. So it seems like a win-win to me. We will be reporting on them in the future as they make announcements for bands and albums that are coming out through their Brave Words records. And we support this 100%. Yeah, be interested to see what the uh, what bands end up having on the label. I'll be interested to see how it shakes out. And not even to mention that Brave Words has always been a great supporter of Decibel Geek. Up yep. Right up till this last week when they shared our talk with Jason McMaster with Albums Unleashed on the Dangerous Toys album. Blabbermouth covering that? Hell no. They don't even cover it when Ted Nugent puts a pistol to Perry Richardson's head. <laughs> what the hell, Blabbermouth? I don't know why. I don't know why they don't like us, but Brave Words loves us, and we love them too. Mm-hmm. Support Brave Words. Give them a like on Facebook, at least. Every band we talked about today, the very least you can do is give them a like on Facebook. Unless it's Kiss or Motley Crue. <laughs> You've already given them a like by now, I'm Yeah, sure. take your likes away from these bands that lip sync. <laughs> <laughs> Unfollow immediately. That's right. This contract is null and void. Well, this is uh, Last Geek Wire before we all go out of town, so uh, when you hear this, we'll, be, we'll probably all be on the road to Indianapolis for Ugly Kid Joe, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so we are hoping to get to talk to Ugly Kid Joe. So if you're a big Ugly Kid Joe fan and you've got a question you want us to ask, this will be your last-minute chance to do it. Hit it up in the comments section. Let us know what you'd like us to ask Ugly Kid Joe. Let us know what you think about Kicks retiring and what you think about all the news we talked about today. That's a bummer about Kicks, man. That makes me sad. I bet you it makes you sad, too. If it does, let us know. And I guess we'll be back next week with a new episode and a lot of people we're going to see up in Indianapolis at that Ugly Kid Joe show. If you're in the area and you haven't got your ticket yet, you better get on the case so you can come hang out with Chris and myself and all our friends, even the Mooger Fooger, at the Ugly Kid Joe concert at the Hi-Fi Annex in Indianapolis. Join us for a rock and roll party that's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Me too. All right, well, there you have it. That's GeekWire. We'll catch you next time. See ya.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.